All right, welcome to the inaugural Seattle Mariners Musings podcast. I don't know how frequent these will be. I probably should introduce myself before I say more. This is Tim Chalberg, the person who has written 500-some posts over the last five years. Now this is my voice, and I actually have a guest with me as well, my good friend Alan Schliebe. Hi there. How you doing tonight, Alan? I'm doing great. It's an honor. We've got a few things in store. There's a couple reasons why Alan's on this podcast. For one, he is going to become a contributor, not just on the podcast, but he gave me a piece of writing he would like to feature in a couple, maybe in the next week or two. It looks great. Thought I might as well, if we're going to do a podcast, I'll just uh, introduce him before you actually read the piece. It's just about baseball in Pacific Northwest. I think it's fun. And you get to think it's fun, too. <laughs> yeah, in my humble opinion, uh, it'll be fun to read. It was fun to write, and uh, I believe everyone will enjoy it. Everyone. Everyone. Well, you know, I, I think given that, you know, we're in the midst of spring training now, as far as, uh, you know, the Mariners this year, we mentioned a little bit since we're here on the Pacific Northwest, and they are a mainstay here <laughs> as far as baseball teams go. That's right. No need for a new arena deal. <laughs> no need. Don't need that. we got a great stadium in Safeco, which I can't wait to go back to this year to enjoy, you know, uh, the uh, my favorite, or, or America's pastime, rather, you know, as well. well. What do you think of the M's this year, Tim? What, what are you thinking? Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I uh, I actually did a podcast a week and a half ago, which is probably still on the front page by the yeah. time this is posted. Oh, I, I gave that a listen. It was great. Really, see, really yeah. very detailed analysis, I believe, <laughs> Tim, as you always give yeah. with the Mariners as soon as anyone asks. That's true. I, I try to avoid the Mariners in most social situations because... <laughs> If someone asks, like, well, what do you think? I'm like, you don't want to know what I think. About an hour later. But, <laughs> but I, know, I know when Alan asks me what I think when I'm recording a podcast about Mariners baseball, I can probably say more than, oh, they'll be something yeah. and just leave it at that. And then somebody goes on with whatever meaningless dribble that's not about baseball that they're about to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I'm, pretty, I'm excited from what I've seen in spring training. Um, I feel like, for gen- as a general rule, everyone puts too much weight into spring training. Yes. Because... So there's there's that small issue, because I'm, I'm now I'm seeing, especially now with Twitter and spring training, is just a glorious combo, because you got people just lining up to like, he's had, this reliever looks great so far, and he lists his stat line for the spring, and it's four innings, three hits, a walk, and two strikeouts. But sign him up. Sign, four sign innings. him oh. up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if there's anything I've learned, I, I, I put, no. I believe, Tim, that you know, any player that does well in spring training will go on to have a career year. Absolutely. Yes. Any player. Roughly 98% of baseball players come into the spring in the best shape of their lives. Absolutely. And that is true every single time. Every single year. In fact, the only mayor not to show up in camp in the best cha- shape of their life was Carlos Ian. He just retired. He just retired. He, 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 could, he couldn't hack it in spring training against the B-squads. <laughs> yeah. Just couldn't do it. You know, that Padres B-squad this year. Whoa. Have you seen those guys? Yeah. Oh, wow, they're going to be a terror. <laughs> they will be. They're going to terrorize Double A all season long. Scared Jose Gianaway. Carlos. Carlos. Sorry, Jose Gianaway, too, all the way to Kansas City or wherever <laughs> yeah, he is. He had now. to go around. Nah, he went to San Francisco. I think he's about out of baseball now. So. Yeah, baseball. Good. God, I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate it when they say But anyway, this is about the 2012 Mariners. 2012 Mariners. The, the one trend in spring so far that I think will carry into the regular season are the dingers. Dingers. They have dingers this spring. Dingers. Absolutely... New and improved offense with dingers. <laughs> Everyone's getting dingers. Even Kyle Seeger. Seeger dingers. with a couple nice dingers. Montero with some blasts. Just the point is, 
Honestly, it's been two or three years since they've even hit homers in spring training. I, yeah, it's true. I, I can't even remember the last time we had a solid slugger that hit a lot of home runs. Uh-huh. When was the last one, Tim? How many Might have been Jose Kian. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've come to, to this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's... So, Gosh. I'm excited about that. I mean, it is the Arizona Air, and it's going to be the heavy Safeco Field April. So, I mean, the home runs, this is not going to be a slugging baseball team by any stretch of the imagination. But it actually could hit an exit brace hit. It's, it's possible to imagine such feats of, of batting. Yeah. I like, these teams actually, we actually have hitters who might go up to the plate with a bat and even swing it. And make contact? And make contact. Are you, are you kidding me? I mean, we'll see what happens when we get out, when we break out of spring training. Hmm. You well, know, they aren't facing the grade A talent all the time yet, but they are they are hitting the guys that they're facing yeah. quite well. Well, I, I want to ask you one thing, too. I mean, you, you mentioned that then Sarah at Safeco in April, and I think that that's definitely going to play a factor. And, you know, of course, you know, Safeco Field home runs are not as common as, say, you know, in Colorado. Yes. <laughs> the Coors Field, but I mean, one thing I think that'll make up for that. I mean, they play two games in Japan. That's, That's pretty uh, indoors, I believe. That's true. So you in know, Tokyo. I, I fully expect him to come out of spring training, just uh, you know, swing over the fences and hit you know twenty homers in Japan. You know, each. That's yeah, true. And, and That's like, true. That's what's going to happen. Did the longbow? They even did. even in Japan, even in, especially in especially. Japan, I would say. <laughs> Uh, what do you? How do you? What do you think of the whole? I mean, playing in Japan thing, as far as you know, sending teams to start off over there. I, I think it's. I mean, some people have said I've read that they don't really like the whole you know early opening day thing because it ruins the magic of the the first day of the year, you know. And, but you know, what what would you what do you think about that? I go back and forth on it. I I tend to be a traditionalist in that sense. I want I want opening day to be a day. A Monday or Tuesday. I like the first pitch being in Cincinnati. I, I like all of that. Yes. Uh, and that's gone now. And oh yep. well. So part of me is really disappointed. I Japan already loves baseball. They have a very strong league with strong fans. I mean, it's a very talented league. It's not a. I don't understand why baseball is Major League Baseball is really trying hard to expand in that market. It's there. I think it is what it is. Yeah. It's not like when basketball went into China where it was kind of a foreign thing and then they had some marketable stars and it just ballooned. Like that made sense to me. But Japan, it's got its it's got its own baseball league. I actually when I went to China a few years back, I got to watch a Japanese baseball game on TV because that's why I did instead of actually going out and seeing things. Oh, like, of course. I wanted to find a baseball game. Well, and, you can, and if anyone can find a baseball game anywhere, it'd be you, Sam. Yes, say. and I uh, did. I found you one. You found one. Of course you did. And it was uh, awesome. So really, I mean, yeah. Do you, do you think maybe ceilings dropping the ball on this one as far as an opportunity? I don't even go as far as saying dropping the ball because with that said, on the flip side, well, for when Ace fans don't care about Ace Holmes games, so that's a great job <laughs> to ship them where they actually will be seen. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so so that, good idea, number one. And good idea, number two, is the Mariners are Japanese-owned. Like, their owner, their technical owner, is still never seen him play. That's finally going to happen. He's never seen him play in person. In yes. person, yeah. Probably watched right. maybe a little bit on TV. You never know. Who knows? He's probably busy running Nintendo. Yeah. So uh, that's great. Ichiro getting to play back in Japan, yeah. I think it's going to be great. Signing Iwakuma, I I think Kawasaki's going to make the ball club. Yeah, sounds good. I kind of thought that from day one. Although he had a bit of a road, a road to go, but I just I thought there's too much positive momentum around him, and now I really think that with Ian retiring, uh, we'll see what happens. 
He's still he's got to be out Luis Rodriguez. I like the idea of keeping Kyle Seager around too. I I find myself liking it more and more. Is Seager gonna play for a third base this year? You think? He, uh, hopefully, when they decide that Sean Figgins is washed up. What's, so, let's talk about Sean Figgins here. He he, uh, well, he had a career year last year for sure. Uh, oh, he did. That's a great year. way to put it. It was a career year <laughs> to say the least. And I, I gotta say, I like him. He's a, he's not a bad guy. It's it's really hard to hate Sean Figgins because you know he's. It seems like he's always doing his best, but last year. Was he even above the Mendoza line last year? Oh, no. Far below it, if I remember right. He was about half of Bloomquist. That's... Half of Bloomquist, who went over to Arizona and somehow rode them to the playoffs. Yep. And a division win, <laughs> winning their division as well. Of course. They always get better, as they say. But, uh, yeah. Gosh. Sean Figgins. He, you know, he's batting leadoff this yeah. year. Yeah, so... Is that going to help him turn it around? Is he going to regress at least a little? I just, I don't, well, he's got to regress a little. (laughs) Maybe hopefully a lot? I don't see much. I mean, it does seem like the the spring training games I've caught, he seems to be taking more pitches. I don't know how much I put, stock I put into that, because this pitchers, some pitchers can be wild in spring training, and even Sean Figgins can figure out to take a pitch or two. (laughs) Uh, but he was—he had such great patience in L.A., and I couldn't figure out where that's gone. And if, if for whatever reason, in his head, the leadoff spot is a completely different spot where he takes pitches again, maybe he gets his value back. Maybe I think maybe. it's a long shot, but I guess it's a shot. You think it's just—he's just got to stop trying to swing the bat as much, and yeah. he'll get better. Yeah, which is really the opposite of what you usually see in, I mean, a lot of leadoff hitters, such yeah. as Ichiro, who's now in the. You want to do the third spot, it sounds like? I'm curious to see. Have you seen yeah. Israel's new batting stance yet? I, I've, I've seen a little bit of it. Tell, tell us a little bit about that, so for those that those so, haven't seen well, it. Well, I haven't seen too much of it yet either, but I have seen some some footage, especially from the side. Yeah, uh, His hand position doesn't look all that different. Really, his follow-through in general swing doesn't look all that different. The big difference is the initial setup. Instead of having his feet really close together and kind of running towards the ball, like it was like the classic Ichiro slap thing. He spread wide apart, like wide apart. Mm. He went from narrow to wide, not like middle ground. And he kind of, and then he goes in his leg kick instead of like lurching forward, he, he backloads. He's way more backloaded than he was before. And then he falls through and the fight about the fall through, it looks normal. But okay. uh, I'm curious to see what happens. I'm curious if anyone knows officially why he decided to make the switch. I, I give some credence to the theory that Wedge put it in his ear that he's going to bat third at some point in the offseason, because just watching the way he loads, he just seems to backload way more than he used to before, and usually hitters backload to try to generate some more power. So, well, And even, and even but, Ishiro will listen to Tarek Wedge and that stash. You know, yeah. It's, everyone listens with that stash. <laughs> That's just the way the stash works. Stash back. Yes. But the other thing that I really like about the new batting stance, I'm curious to see how it plays out, is that his head seems way quieter. Like the running forward thing makes your head go forward as well. And usually trying to hit a moving target when your head isn't very still is a pretty challenging thing to do. Mm. Um, so I, as far as each row bouncing back, I think that's the greatest sign for hope. I'm still, I'm not convinced he's going to be much better this year. I'm hoping for a plateau, which isn't very optimistic. But the, anyway, I, uh, the, 
The worst picture in my head is that Figgins is going to just flail miserably in the leadoff spot. Dustin Ackley is going to look amazing in the number two, and then each row is not going to be able to drive the net, and we'll just be watching Dustin Ackley like tear his hair out of second base like all year. Yes. I don't – that visual, it's very strong in my head. I really want to believe it's and not going to happen. that would be very sad because he's such a young guy and a good-looking guy, and mm-hmm. to lose his hair that early in the young of an age would be really – uh, not not great for his confidence in his uh, you know life outside of baseball. I think true. You have to get some Rogaine. Talk to Carl Malone. Talk to Carl Malone about the reading some Rogaine. And Emmett Smith. That's right, Emmett Smith. Gosh. <laughs> uh, you know, and w- what about? I mean, we got as far as offense though. I mean, what we picked up Montero in the offseason, traded Pineda for him. Which I mean, overall sounds like general reaction to that is pretty okay. Is good. You know, like that's probably a necessary mm-hmm. trade that you have to make. Um, after last yes, season. And don't yes. sleep on Hector Noesi. And Noesi we got as well in that deal. He's he's probably not Pineda, but I he's a lot closer than I think any of us are willing to give him credit for. So that's which could be the gun the gun readings I think the gun readings across spring train have been a little high, but he's clocking in ninety five to ninety seven, which is that's a little positive, but still have to play him in the low to mid nineties. So you think uh, Big Z, which is way—that's a good two or three ticks above what people have seen out of him, and he's at that range where that two or three ticks makes a big difference. So you think Big Z made made some magic happen in that trade here? He then? might have. Yeah. Like I mean, at this point, Ivan Nova has been the guy that made it recently to the majors, and there's Manny Benuelos and Dylan Benton says I probably butchered that last one. Manny Benuelos, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I said that one right. Those are the two prospects in the Yankee system. Everyone's like, oh, they're so awesome. And then Ivan Nova was that guy, but he made the majors, and he was 16-4 and four last year. Although that was that wasn't quite smoke and mirrors, but let's just say he had a good offense behind him, okay. and it helped him out. Um, so those are the guys that got all the pub coming through the system. And, but Noisy kind of came through and just quietly had a nice season out of middle relief. And he's definitely going to be in the – he better be in the rotation. I think he's got his spot cemented. And I just see – I just see really good things out of him. Okay. Okay. I just see some real good things out of I He's not Jason Vargas, especially because of his stuff and stuff. But storyline-wise, I see that Vargas potential of the guy seen as a thrown-in and – he emerges as this dependable starter. That would be nice to see after all those other uh, players that we mentioned in the Pavese era, the uh, yeah. trades that were made then. Uh, so, you know, as far as, we, I mean, everyone's making a big deal about, you know, is the offense going to, will be an offense yeah, this will year? It, will it hit anything? <laughs> will it hit anything? Uh, broadside of a barn would be nice this year, possibly. <laughs> Uh, but what about the pitching? You, you mentioned OSC there. What about, I mean, we got Millwood, we, who was a, a non-roster invitee, mm-hmm. I believe. and uh, Highest priced in the non-roster challenge, if you're following along. <laughs> Which I am. I know I am. I don't have my own. Well, I, I didn't do very well the first week, so I just gave up. <laughs> but uh, unless you handle that one, Sam, I'm rooting for you there. <laughs> but... How about some of the other, you know, pitchers that we've got here? Obviously, Felix will be probably Felix and amazing. Um, you know, Vargas is, is going to be probably pretty strong this year as well, it looks like. Maybe repeating his performance last year. Beyond that, I mean, as far as the bullpen what's and the back end of the rotation, what do you see? Yeah, at this point, I know some people thought that Iwakuma had a chance to be the number two starter, if just to start in Japan for no other reason. He is not the seam's number two starter. I think that's Vargas's. 
I'd slot Noisy at three personally. I'd put Vargas four, and then who knows at five. I I kind of lean towards Millwood, just the cagey veteran. Yeah. Whatever thing. Sure. Partly because I really think that somewhere between Holson and Paxton, one of those is coming up in May, June, July, somewhere in that Dustin Ackley timeline. And so I just, my theory is the number five guy, whoever it is, it could, if it's not Millwood, it could be Blake Bevan, it could be Charlie Furbush. They have, they have options. I'm not overly worried about the rotation. I think it's going to be good. I don't think it's great. I think it's at least okay. Do so you think it's going to be, you know, probably on average we're going to be getting six or seven innings out of our starters? I think so. Iwakumans for me is the biggest question mark. He really looked pretty subpar early in the spring. So the lack of velocity worried me too, considering he had some arm problems last year in Japan. I don't think he threw terribly hard anyway. Japanese ball players, just the way they go about things, they kind of run the risk of running out their arms quicker. Uh, we saw that with Dice K yeah. in Boston. Um, so I'm a little worried about that. They didn't invest a ton in him. It's not going to be a bad signing, even if he doesn't pan out. And the nice thing is Mariners have a bunch of young pitching depth. So, yes, you know, big picture-wise, whatever, it's not something that I'm going to get too bent out of shape about. But I'm, I'm hoping, I'm rooting for him to actually be someone and answer. The bullpen, you know, the, the pile is in full force. Yes. Uh, <laughs> probably the most intriguing name of the bunch right now is Erasmo Ramirez, who I saw a couple times in Tacoma. Last year, um, I saw I saw his best start of the year. Actually, I uh, went seven innings. I think he struck out eleven. Wow! He was lights out, I and mean, he was actually he was flashing a fastball that was running up there in like ninety four, ninety five, which really surprised me. He's a short guy. He's built. He's stocky. He's got really good base, good legs. You can see where he can get that drive off the mound. But he just he's short. You don't expect him to throw that hard, and then he gets it up there and he throws it with great control. But what was really working for him that day when he struck out 11, he had a curveball. He was, it was more than a show-me curve. He was getting over consistently, and he was just mixing his pitches really nice. And they were AAA hitters, and a lot of times when they just see a breaking ball and they have to swing at it, they're lost. That's kind of what happened to <laughs> The other start, he got rocked. I saw that he got rocked early, but then settled down. Uh, my basic scouting report on him is I haven't seen him from behind home plate, so I don't know a ton about the movement on his pitches, but... Good velocity on the fastball, really knows how to spot it, but it's a really straight pitch. I think it's a pretty straight pitch, so when it's a little off, he, he runs the risk of getting hammered at times. Um, but he's really he's still young, and that velocity, nobody saw that velocity jump coming out of him. He was sitting, scouting reports I saw on him had him around 90 a couple of years ago, and he bumped up to 92, 93, and he's only 21. Um, so it's just natural maturation. Or either that or steroids, but we already covered steroids in this podcast. So <laughs> I'm going to go with being 21 and figuring you know, something out. If if if, it, if <laughs> I, I'd take that, I mean at least. But I think they're putting it in the pitching doesn't make any sense because maybe put a little in the offense yeah. might help a little. Uh, so, but coming away from that, you know, I think you, get, you made a good point about. It. I mean, you mentioned Holton. You know, you know, probably coming up this year as well as some other young young guys. I mean, I just saw that they they were sent down. You know, this year that kind of, they're going to have a break with a team. Do you think that's necessarily a uh, you know mistake? Do you think Holson should be coming out of the game with the team, or do you think he needs a little more time to marinate? There's no reason to bring him up. He he might be ready to pitch right now and do okay, but he's he played in the fall league and that was it hmm. so far. I think he's probably ticketed for Double A. Not totally sure on that. I, I put Paxton Triple A myself and Holson Double A, and then they would probably be promoted together. Right. If that would be my grand plan, but. 
Zoran Six big on saying the player will let you know when he's ready, and he's he's stuck true to that. I mean, he definitely broke camp with Pineda last year, and I didn't see that coming. I personally thought that after the break camp, Pineda would be down. And I was over two on those guesses, so I think he stays. <laughs> I think he really does stay true to his word with that. But I think in a perfect world, you'd have Paxton Triple A, Holson Double A. Yeah, when Paxton gets a little more command, because that's the only thing he's lacking right now is just a little command. Uh, he'll be up in the majors, and then he'll be replaced by Holton in AAA. He'll be Walker at that point's up in AA. You know, just kind of, I would have those, as much as those are the big three everyone's talking about, I don't see them all hitting the majors together. I see them actually following each other's footsteps. So it's kind of the slow, the slow tidal wave okay. of talent. All right. Just oozing into the rotation. I think going in, as we get deeper into the season, depending on how those younger players perform, I think the trade interest on Vargas is going to go up. Maybe even Iwakuma, I don't think so. But I think Vargas especially is going to hit the trade market. If Millwood makes the team, I don't see him making it past July 31st. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe until August, but I don't even think there. And in the bullpen, I think Brandon League, I think another half, good half season out of him, he's, he might be gone. he's probably gone. I think there's going to be some turnover on the pitching staff just to make room for the young guns. Because okay. they're eventually going to run. Wilhelmson has apparently looked pretty good in the spring, better than the lefties. <laughs> I, I I applaud the Mariners for trying finally deciding that their bullpen should have a left-hander, assigned George Sherrill and Hunchi Kuo, yes. or however that's said. Who has pop in his bat? Yes, and, he does, <laughs> and a great bat flip. If you look look up that bat flip online, it's the Kuo bat flip. Oh, it's so great! He's got he's, he's got he's probably got more juice in his bat than his arm right now. He's really struggling with his control, which. <laughs> <laughs> Which he struggled with last year too. Again, I just can't get complained. Can we throw him a field, field? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. sure. Another guy's look great in camp. Going completely off topic, Michael Saunders has yes. apparently figured out how to hit. So that would far. be nice. And if he could hit, I'm perfectly happy with him being a center fielder until Goody comes back. I'm also a Casper Wells believer. I want to see a little sure. more time for him. Uh, it's just, it's just nice to have a little bit of intriguing depth where. You don't go into the season with the Brad Wilkerson's, Jose Vidros, and even Jose Guillen's of the world where you're just hoping you, you tape them up for six more months. Right. And squeeze whatever's left out of them. We've actually we've got some guys with holes, but they might fill them instead of whitening. Yes. Uh, and it's nice to, to see, I mean, a year where it, it's almost kind of nice to see it refreshing to see like, okay, so there's a couple of guys here vying for the same spot. They're going to have to perform better than they are now to get that spot. It's amazing when you just kind of like put a little competitive balance on a team, how guys tend to shine and do better when they're challenged to do better rather than, well, this is our lineup. That's it. And go. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, especially with the young guys. It's just, it's nice. I think this will be a pretty fun season to watch. I... In my head, there was, I don't know if you remember this out, you probably do, there was that, it was like 2002, 2003 with the Seahawks, where yes. like the first half of the season, they didn't look like much, they weren't expected to go much more anyway, but but somewhere in that second half, like Hasselbeck and the receivers and Alexander, like it came together. Yes. And you sensed it, and they really got on a roll, and you knew they weren't going to the playoffs, but they really got on a roll, and you thought next year. Next year, we're coming for you. And then they were. And that started their little mini dynasty of the NFC yeah. West. And then when they won that Super Bowl. and that, yeah, yeah, and then when they won the, exactly, when they great. won the Super Bowl. It was great when they played well <laughs> enough to win that Super Bowl. Yeah. And they, 
Yeah, that's how I remember, so, that's how I remember it, at least. Dude, just, that's how I remember it, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I just want to confirm. Or we outgained the Steelers that day. Outgained them, did everything better. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, what would you get back in baseball? Yeah. So the podcast is all about. But anyway, that's... I digress. I'm hoping that the 2012 marriage or something like that Seahawks team where the first half of the season, you, they're, it's not quite there... There's made, they're going to be it's like it's any like any baseball season you're going to have your good nights and your bad nights but it's just they're kind of all over the place and then just they start to come together as a team somewhere there's like some sort of light bulb moment and then they really start to turn on the light and coming down the stretch like that last month and a half I'm hoping that they look quite good okay like for me playoff caliber good because it's gonna so it's gonna be a Jello season you start off with the Jello it's really runny when you maybe mm-hmm. start off but then you put it in the fridge for a while you let it just sit you just let them play. You let them sit, and then it gels together. Yes. And then you have a delicious treat for yourself at the end of the season. Indeed. And a possible playoff berth? What no. do you think with this division? I'll, well, now remember, there's the expanded playoffs. This is true. With the expanded playoffs, in theory, they don't have to be out the Rangers or the Angels to make the playoffs. Ah. So, yeah, they got a bunch better, and that's the focus of the division. There's no way they're winning the division title this year. But okay. Basically, this this first month is, in my opinion, well, just the early season in general is crucial for the Mariners' playoffs chances because I really see this as a team on the rise that's going to get better, markedly better by the end of the season to the point that we're probably, I think, I would anticipate and really hope for some significant splits, first half, second half record, like that kind of growth. So if this team gets off to like some sort of surprising 500 start, they actually might be able to hang because if this team can figure stuff out enough in the first couple months and just tread water. I mean, realistically, I don't know how it's going to play out. 85 wins might be enough to hang around into September with the extra wildcard berth. And if you're talking, I think this team is 75 wins right now. That's just the number that feels right in my head. Seems right with the stuff they've done. So, but really that 75 wins is like, I think it's a 70 win team at the start of the year. It may be an 80 ish win team at the end. That would be really nice. 75 wins. I'm like, and it's really sad. That, yeah. That, that sounds really nice because it's, yeah. it's, that doesn't have that, that awful six or five in front of it. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the thing. I mean, if baseball is an odd enough game, if they can just get a couple bounces and get, get luck in that sure. first month, if you're talking a 500 April, maybe tank a little bit in May, but then start to figure themselves out. Just that lucky April might be enough to push it from a 75-win team to an 80-win team. And I, I think as well what's working in their favor here is, I mean, the Red Sox, they don't look nearly like the Red Sox of the last few years, mm-hmm. the, this coming year. And new new management, a lot of changeover, you know, they're aging really rapidly. <laughs> I mean, the Yankees will be the Yankees. That's going to be tough, especially, you know, with Pineda, they actually have some pitching. A mm-hmm. scary thought. It's a good-looking rotation. Um, and then, so, I mean, if we can kind of do a little better than some of those central teams, that would be nice, um, you know, and possibly a wild card. So, I mean, in summary, I'm hearing the 2012 Mariners, who knows? <laughs> yes, that's a good way to put it. Because, meh, eh, 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 it could go either way. So, I do think if they don't look pretty decent by the end of the year like it's time to think about some major changes like this right. is this isn't quite the do or die year as far as the playoff berth goes I don't think it's that yeah. far but this this is a season we should anticipate growth because so many guys made their debuts last year I mean a yeah. ton it so, was I didn't go and run the numbers but it's got to be borderline historic just how much they did 
as far as like major league debuts and rookies and all that stuff. I think I looked it up on the current 40-man roster the Mariners have, I believe, nine guys with more than a year of experience in the majors, and that's it. Jeez, is that's a young. really inexperienced <laughs> roster. I mean, literally the roster's major league experience as a whole is probably going to double during the season, which is why to expect growth out of them I think is fair. Fair. And we just aren't used to that. We've just seen like the Bavese way was a bunch of 30-somethings off the scrap heaps and put them together and make a championship run. Hey, hey. So we're, we're used to seeing guys wilt as well, the season goes. This team actually might blossom. To, to, to be... And, yeah. I don't want to give Bavese any credit here, but I mean, I guess it kind of worked for the Giants. <laughs> but he just did it wrong. Yeah. He picked the wrong guys. Yeah. It, all the guys... He should, should have picked all the guys the, the Giants picked, but he didn't. Yeah. That's really what happened. And then Bill... We could go on for ages about the AC, but ugh. yeah, we'll forget about that. Well, for let's now. let's try and yeah, let's just try and move on from that. Ugh. Um, is anyone you looking forward to on the Mariners this year? This year, I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I I I'm excited for for Ackley's. You know, for Ackley, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big big believer in him. Well, I, I think we I, mean, I kind of you know disagree with you a little bit on on Ichiro. I think he's going to be Ichiro. I think there's a I think there's a significant chance he could come back a little bit cuz he's always seemed like he's had that power but in the number one first leadoff spot couldn't I mean you can't really use it there. I think he might he might be you know the change in the stance might be just to try and you know swing a little more for the fences with Aquion possible which I'd be very happy to see him just shooting over over to the right field porch there. I could live with Dustin Ackley trotting home all day. I, I think, yeah, I, I, I could like that. Um, you know, and like you said, a lot of the depth in the outfield, at least one or two of those guys has got to pan out yeah. and show something because they've all shown a lot of raw talent. And, you know, the defense is going to be great. That's one thing this team definitely knows and, and has going for them is defense is going to be there, especially, I mean, the outfield in particular um, with all the, you know, Saunders and Ichiro, of course, as a mainstay. And, I guess when Goody's healthy again, which hopefully will be soon, get well soon, Indeed. please. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I like Justin Smoke this year as well. The last year he had the, the roughest year you can have, I think, as a player. Yep. Uh, <laughs> with all the random freak accidents. Um, and his dad dying, just yeah. thrown in for good measure. Why not? Yeah, God. So I think he bounces back this year. Um, he's going to be some great power. Him and Montero, one-two punch. It's going to be. Nice to fun to watch. Yes, really. Uh, you know, I think I'm excited for that. I think uh, Brendan Ryan coming back is going to be great. He's always entertaining, just in general mm-hmm. as a person. I've heard that Munenori Kawasaki is the Japanese version of Brendan Ryan too, which is great. They're, like, they're buddies. <laughs> that which is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It, it, it's really a, a lot different than you know the uh, our former shortstop Betancourt who. <laughs> Is, uh, he walked away from the game. Did, is that right, or did I get that wrong? He might have. I, I feel like he, 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 he's yeah, he's not playing anymore. To be honest, either. last week was busy at work, and so like I was under a rock, and I, I saw a lot of Betancourt jokes running around the internet. So it's yeah, like, he did something. Something that I was in recently. I uh, should probably look that up. Probably. I have the internet running. I could just do that right now. But yeah. Meh. He's not worth it. Nope, he's no. not. Uh, For all the errors he made, we can just punt this one to you. <laughs> exactly. It's only fair. <laughs> it's only fair. Uh, so yeah, I think you know. I have, I have hope for this year. You know, I, I'm I'm mildly optimistic. We can we can make a run. You know, and at least I think at least they, at the very least they could be respectable again this year. 
I know, nice. they could field a baseball team this year. That would be wonderful. <laughs> so I am excited for that. And of course, just baseball in general. Um, you know, and, you know, it's still, it's early. It's March. You know, it's it's really, it's, it's the era of madness, really. It is the uh, era of madness. <laughs> and I, I think there's a, there's a, there's a big tournament of some sort going on right now. Is that right? I, I've heard rumors of such tournaments. Such tournaments. In, a, in other yonder lands, <laughs> such as Portland yeah, that's Omaha. They're hosting the tournament this year. You know. Well, that's one of my favorite sporting events of the year. It definitely gets me amped up and excited, and then baseball hits, and it just it just boils over. And, that's true. You know, this is really the the best part of the sports calendar. the The best eight months of the sports calendar, absolutely, because you have you have madness, yes, and then you have the baseball season, which wraps up in October. Yes, October. It's it, it, which in which that you got the you know a bunch of football going on, you know. It's just overwhelming. It's, a, it's just too much to, to handle. Um, and especially in the Pacific Northwest, you, you, we need these eight months to be awesome. And we need the Mariners to be good again. Um, you know, because coming out of the winter here, around here, like today, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's awful weather today. It is pretty it's awful. pretty emblematic of the, uh, or symptomatic of the whole winter in general around here. Just rain, dark, windy, just overall awful weather. So when we have March comes around, it's madness. You get the NCAA tournament, which is awesome, uh, you know, and then you get baseball. So, uh, who, what do you think about the tournament this year? Who, who's your who's your can pick to to come out? Maybe a, let's pick your Cinderella first. Who's the team to look out for? Cinderella. Well, I'm gonna pull out the. I've got a bracket printed out here. Now we got to be careful because now I mean we. We we are legendary for our bracket breakdowns. Absolutely, absolutely. Legendary. There was there was one time we, when we were at PLU at the UC. They had a it was wonderful. They only did it one year, which was really disappointing. It is sad. They had they had a bracket of their best meals, the best meals in the cafeteria, the best meals in the cafeteria, and, and we sat down at the Hindley family table, and we broke down the bracket. Yep, for hours. I, we literally said hours there. Literally hours. I remember. I remember our friend Catherine, who wasn't in Hinderley, but but she was at the table. Good friend. She was. She was a friend of Hinderley, and she was. She talked to us for a little bit and thought we were silly and went to another conversation and went. It was conversed for a while. I think actually, like they ate their meal. If I remember correctly, <laughs> but, uh, I think she came there for for like late lunch. She had lunch. She left and came back for dinner. A few hours later, or came back again, and we were still there and had not <laughs> left. And we we're t- arguing about the merits of mac and cheese wedges versus like a the pizza. Northwest Focaccia Belt. Or the Northwest I was on the Northwest Focaccia Belt. <laughs> yes. So, getting back to the, the yes, so this the, bracket. Uh, this bracket. Well, you know, as far as Cinderella is, you know, a team like Kentucky really stands out to me. <laughs> the number one yes. seed. Real daring pick there. Yeah, I know. Uh, how about you, Hero? What, how who do you like in this bracket? Uh, as far as I mean, it's, it's Cinderella. You know, I, um, gosh, there's a few teams I, I definitely like a bit. Uh, you know, Marquette I always like, but they always disappoint me. They're a three seed this year. They might be a little overrated. Um, not not total. You know, sold on Michigan State when their offense is is off. It's really off. Uh, it tends to be, and there is a Big Ten team like any other Big Ten team. They're typically, you know, pretty low scoring defensive, slow, slow down tempo game. Uh, you know, Ohio yes. State is kind of a, breaks that mold a little bit, but 
I mean, I gotta disagree with you on your Kentucky, you know, Cinderella <laughs> pick. I, I, I think they're a pretty strong team. Not gonna lie. Uh, although, you know, as good as Western Kentucky is, I think they're the hill toppers, not the hill bottomers. <laughs> that is a great mascot. Um, I, I'm sure that every year someone does a mascot bracket too. That's like one that's worth checking out. Name of the year. That's the best name, non. Name of the year. bracket. That's that's the probably the, yeah our favorite bracket yes. around here at the museum. We'll, we'll have to do a podcast breaking down the name uh, of the year. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. I think we should. Um, and then uh, I want to thank you, Tim, for having for you know bringing me into the blog. I'm excited to to collaborate with you and post some some of my musings yes. to join yours. And uh, I'm excited to work with you. It was an honor today to record the very first podcast, the inaugural podcast. It's the inaugural. And uh, we, should, we should have got champagne to celebrate. <laughs> but we'll have to just make up for it next time. And, uh, you know, thank you for having me. Thanks, Rand. Thanks for being on the show, Alan. We will record another podcast at some point in the future. Until then, this has been Tim Schalberg and Alan Sleepy for Seattle Mariners Musings. Thank you.